this is coffee number five. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. It's all about you and I want you to succeed. Download today my exclusive insider's guide to generating business relationships that last and turns into sales. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to coffee number five. And today I'm here sipping my coffee and thinking a little bit about it's about to be summer break here in Los Angeles and my kids are going to go into summer break as well or summer school in their case. They take advantage of take some classes and I was thinking, I mean, it's the end of a school year and there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure in education. There's a lot of pressure in teenagers in high school just to get to college and to be successful. And successful means good grades, means getting into good colleges. What is being successful? What's the definition of success? What's make you successful, making money, making good at where you are, being honest. What is that? So today I invited someone who's an expert in the success factor. So welcome, uh, Ruth. Ruth Godian, not only, I mean, her has, she has an amazing career that I will ask her to summarize for us, but also she just wrote a book, The Success Factor. So welcome to Coffee Number Five. Thank you. And as a coffee addict, I am excited to be here. Coffee is <laughs> a vitamin. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always joke that was why the reason of coffee number five, that I need my to be on my fifth coffee at the end of the day. It has to be having those five minutes to relax also and to be able to chat with someone. That's so right. you're here with my coffee number five and let's chat. So what makes a person successful? So it's interesting, there's actually four elements of success and I've actually done a ton of research on this. I literally got my doctorate studying success and I have interviewed extreme high achievers to figure out what has made them so successful. So I've interviewed Nobel Prize winners and astronauts and Olympic champions and NBA champions and NFL Hall of Famers and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, figuring if I could backtrack that and create a blueprint, we can really improve everyone's success. And I found out that whether you're an astronaut or an Olympic champion, there are four mindsets that you have. And Lara, these are not habits. We cannot copy other people's habits because we're different people. I love so, that because a lot of people want to copy other people's strategy to be successful. Doesn't work because no. you hear people, they say, oh, high achievers wake up at 5 a.m maybe but if you're a night owl and you do your best work at night you're not going to wake up at 5 a.m if you didn't go to bed till 3 a.m but there is something with the mindset that we can definitely emulate and i found out that all these high achievers here are the four mindsets they found what they are absolutely passionate about what they love doing more than anything else why they were put on this earth it's what we call intrinsic motivation. They would do it for free if they could. It's not about the awards, the rewards, the Olympic medal, the Nobel prize, because if it was, they would have quit right after they got it because that's when other people are judging you. When other people everyone, are judging you. Everyone has that or? All of them, all of them. That's but why they're so every successful. Every person or only the successful people have it? No, the successful people found their intrinsic motivation. Oh. The rest of us can find it as well. And I talk about that in the book. It's not just about 
what the elements are, but also how to achieve them in your own life. So the first one is to find your intrinsic motivation. Okay. Ready for the second one? Yes. The second one is a, um, it, it's your work ethic, your perseverance, your resilience, your grit, whatever sexy term you want to use. Really what it means is how you approach challenges. Now, some of us approach challenges, it gets too hard and we quit. Mm-hmm. But not the high achievers. Every failure, every rejection, every challenge is considered data. What can I learn from this? They know that they will overcome a challenge. They don't question that. They have the confidence. Instead, they focus on what is the strategy to succeed on this project that I have not thought of yet? They always add that word yet. And they always work to overcome that challenge. And they do it by controlling what they can control. Very important to actually take control and take the reins. That's why some people during the pandemic were watching Netflix for hours and hours and hours, while other people were extremely productive. They're like, we've got this pandemic, but the pandemic doesn't have me. And that's why they were so, so successful and they produced so much. That's the second one. The third one is that strong foundation, which you are constantly reinforcing. So high achievers understand that what worked for them early in their career works for them later in their career as well. And the reason that they do that is because it's always getting back to the basics. Doesn't matter how successful they are, they never rest on their laurels. Always. 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 And it works in marketing, it works in absolutely everything. You need to go, even though, like, for example, you guys, we always talk about marketing, we always talk about digital. It doesn't matter. Nothing that I do will... I need to go back to the communications, the basic of our communications. That's right. That's absolutely right. And, and, and in the book, The Success Factor, you will hear how getting back to that foundation helped people like Bonnie Blair, a five-time Olympic medalist, win the Olympic gold against the then East Germans in long track speed skating. You will hear stories like that always about getting back to the basics and perfecting the technique. And last, but certainly not least, you heard of Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and Mark Cuban. They are notorious for reading three to eight hours a day. It's not reading that made them billionaires. What made them billionaires was opening their mind up to new knowledge, saying, I don't know what I don't know but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to ask and I'm going to read. Now they do it by reading. That's how they open their mind up to new knowledge and that works beautifully for them. But other people might find other ways to consume new knowledge. So you could read books, you could read articles, you can listen to podcasts such as this one. Hopefully people are learning great things. Webinars, LinkedIn Learning, YouTube. There's so many different ways that you can learn new things. Now, part of that is also talking to people and all of the high achievers surrounded themselves with not one, but a team of mentors, people who believed in them more than they believed in themselves. And if you can do that, those are the four elements of success. I, let me ask you a question because you are defining them as a high achievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, high achievers uh, mean 
are necessarily, because this is something that comes out as a mother, is always, is your, is intelligence, high achieving, how are they connected? So one thing about success is that it's a moving definition. It's like perfection. You're never really going to achieve it, right? But here's the definition I used. The people who I feel have achieved this incredible success are people who created a paradigm shift in the way we do things, think about things, process things. We're fundamentally different because of what they did. That's one. As they were rising through the ranks, they were pulling other people up with them because they understood that a spotlight on someone else does not detract from the light on them. And last but not least, when they reached that pinnacle of their career, they actually mentored the next generation. And they did that either through one-on-one -on -one or through large groups. So there's a lot of giving back as you're rising up. And I think all those three parts is making a change in the way we do things and bringing other people up with you and mentoring the next generation. All of those are part of the definition of success. I, I truly believe in giving back and mentorship that is, it's almost a lost art mentorship. Yeah. And what brings me back to something that I always uh, mention in this podcast, because I'm, I'm concerned about this. I'm truly concerned that lately we try to find mentorship in these all online programs, free webinars. Um, there are so many places now that, it, and I don't know if that's, and everyone is a coach right now. Mm -hmm. Also, there's so many coaches. More, I guess that there are more coaches than people that they want to do the work lately. Mm -hmm. And so, how do you find a mentor? How do you uh, how do you find a path for success? Yeah. So the, the part of how to find a mentor, I talk about that a lot in the book because I don't believe in these matches that people have. Cause I think they're completely random. It's like saying, Oh, you're both from LA. Therefore you should be a mentor mentee match. Well, you and I both know that not everyone who's from LA is the same. So putting them together is just like saying anybody who likes the color purple is going to be a good match. It doesn't make any sense. Instead, I advocate for organic matches, organic development, organic relationship building, because really mentoring is about a relationship. People like to work with people who they know, like, and trust. So how can you find and develop relationships where people can know, like, and trust you, and you can know, like, and trust them? So what are the different ways that you can learn something new? Because you want to learn in this relationship, right? And you also want to teach. It's bi-directional. So you want to put yourself in a place where there are interesting people. Maybe that's in person in a conference, but maybe it's you're attending a webinar. You're listening to a great speaker. You're listening to a great moderator. Maybe there was somebody in the audience who asked great questions or made great comments or had these great observations. Those are the people that you would want to connect with. You want to start connecting with these people. You want to start engaging with these people. Don't ever ask somebody to be your mentor. The second you ask them to be your mentor, you're asking them to take on another obligation. Nobody has time for that. Instead, ask them for their perspective. 
make it for a finite period of time. Lara, I am working on something with digital communication. I know you have expertise on that. I'm having a challenge in this one area. I was wondering if I could stop by and talk to you for 10, 15 minutes to get your thoughts on how to overcome this one challenge I'm facing. And I will feel honored and I will give you that time. And, and I will appreciate that you've been really forward and asking me about that. Right? Uh, yeah. And I made it time bound and it's very specific. I didn't say, Lara, help me with my career. But where would I start? Where yeah. would I start with that, right? But if it's something very specific and now we start working together and now you start giving me challenges I should consider. And I always start to under promise and over deliver. That is how you get ahead. That is how you find great mentorship. And before long, that mentor is going to turn into a sponsor. They're going to start nominating you for opportunities, for promotions, for awards, for recognition because you have shown that you are a diamond in the rough and under this person's mentorship, you are shining bright. But you have to get people to know, like, and trust you. And you need to know, like, and trust them. It's a relationship. It's a relationship, but it's a two-way street. It's not always about you picking other people's mind. Always. It's always a two-way street. And, and every high achiever will tell you that. And you need to make sure that you deliver the work always always and on time is late i know always and i mean i and i always try to be a mentor to my team and i always say questions they never bother me ask me questions what bothers me is someone not making those questions don't, ask, don't right. ask me those questions that's right because if information is not power this is that's something right. that we have uh touch base many many times because Having a phone number of a person is not giving you any power if you don't have that connection to the person to ask the question. That's right. And you're bringing up a great point. So people always ask me, how did you get in touch with Nobel Prize winners and astronauts and Olympic champions and NBA champions? So everyone from Dr. Tony Fauci to Steve Kerr, the, the coach of the Golden State Warriors, they're all in the book. And I had interviews with all of them. And everyone's asking, well, how? Well, this was all through my network and people were not just going to introduce me to people until they know, like, and trust me that I am going to honor this relationship, be respectful and not use it in any negative way. And only then would they actually make the referral and connect me with that person. So 90, 95% of the people who I connected with and who I interviewed for the book and there's over hundreds of hours of interviews were through connections. That's incredible. I actually post a post in my social and normally don't do these things, but is I found that there is really, it's interesting when you put a win, you don't have as many people putting a like mm -hmm. and a congratulations than when you put something back. Yeah, a challenge. a challenge. A challenge. And this is unfortunate. I think you need to celebrate the wins of other people. And that uh, because of people can become your mentors, your contacts. And That's right. you never know. You always should be celebrate other people's achievements. Well, I think a lot of people, this really goes back to the definition of success. 
they have a hard time with other people achieving success because they feel it takes the light away from them. But the true high achievers understand. And the astronauts, I've interviewed many astronauts, and they all told me the world is big enough for all of us to shine bright. Right? So a light on you and your achievement does not detract from my light and my achievement. It makes the pie bigger. You're not taking a piece of my pie. We're making the pie bigger. It's the same thing that we were just talking before. It's having, it's like love. You're, for loving one person, you don't stop loving someone else. Yeah. It yeah. just gives you more opportunities. My father always will say, I want my friends to do well. I really want them to do well. Because if they do well, means that I will do well too, because I'm surrounded with them and friends help each other, true friends. That's so true. Look, I'm part of the Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches community, and I'm part of the Thinkers 50 community. Now, technically, we're all competitors. Technically. The reality is we are collaborators, we are friends, and we are each other's biggest supporters. And if I can't do something, I always go to that pool to see if somebody can take my place. If I'm not the right person for a talk or a collaboration, I always look to that pool. The people who are technically on paper, my competitors, but really nobody I would trust more. Yeah. Nobody. And that's why we always go back. And those are the groups you want to be a part of. Exactly. And that's what, exactly what we were saying also before is they are more room for you if you you create the space yeah and it it comes right back to you boomerangs right back as well absolutely absolutely and it's let's put it in marketing terms like i always say and i see a lot of people a lot of people failing here because they're trying to copy other people's strategy doesn't work doesn't work is your unique your unique person like your competitors who i have a lot of clients that they are doctors and they even do the same thing i say yeah but i mean when i go and you choose a doctor i mean probably they all have they're wonderful and they all have the same skills but the difference is themselves their personality how you connect with them that's right and you know it's interesting you you bring that up because everyone asked me when i wrote the success factor um for each of the four elements of success i told you that i created a lot of resources and techniques and and tips that you can implement immediately but for each one i created what's called the buffet of options why because what works for you is not going to work for me we're different people and what works for me today may not work for me the next time i have a transition in my life a new partner, another child, a move, a pandemic, right? So we need to have something that we can go back to and say, well, I've tried this and it worked in the past, but maybe it's time to try something new. Oh, look, here in the book, there's plenty of things I can choose from. I can try this. If this doesn't work, I can try that. Oh, it didn't work last time, but maybe it'll work now that I have a transition. Transitions are important times. Yeah. Do you did you find any kind of connection between people that they are high achievers or successful with uh, high achievers at school? Because I have huge issues. I was a I'm a super high achiever person. I mean, I, know, I don't like no's and I go and I keep 
okay, that doesn't work. I go the other side and I will keep going. And I thank my mother because I inherited that from her. But uh, the, well, my question also is, can you inherit that or is something that you learned? And, but also is, I was a terrible student. I didn't care about school, but then when I found my passions was boom. You just answered your own question, didn't you? I did, but there is any correlation? Did you learn anything? About I, that? Look, some of the some of the people who I interviewed were terrible in school, terrible, and some were the top students. It wasn't about that. Once you find your passion, as you said it, the first element of success, nothing is going to stop you. Nothing. I even share the story in the in the book in the success factor of Dr. Peggy Whitson. She's a biochemist. She worked at NASA for years and she applied to be an astronaut and was rejected and applied again, and was rejected and applied again and was rejected. And this went on for 10 years, 10 years, but she wanted to be an astronaut and she kept working at NASA and learning and making connections and networking and collaborating. Ultimately, she was accepted as an astronaut and it's a good thing because she later on became the first female commander of the International Space Station, a role she's held twice. She spent more days in space than any American astronaut of any gender. And ultimately, she became NASA's chief astronaut in charge of all of the astronauts. So this is what happens when people, when they don't get, when they are rejected, when they are turned down, when they have failure, they use that as data nothing's going to stop them nothing yeah it's not a failure it's data it's, it's data it's an opportunity for enhancement in fact i also share the story of dr bob lefkowitz the nobel prize winner he won the nobel prize in chemistry in 2012. he said when he was working during the vietnam war at the national institutes of health nothing worked he thought he was quitting science going back to being a cardiologist he said nothing worked rejection 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 he now teaches a course at Duke where he works about overcoming rejection, overcoming failures. He's very transparent about it. All of them faced it one way or another. We all do, we're human. They're not yeah. different mean, than us. It's not how, how many times you fall or how you fall. It's about how you get out. That's right. Over and over and, and over I again. Always, I will add how graciously you get out. That's true. You, you just can't get up and pretend that nothing happened and keep going. So my, last, my last question for you. So can we give this or can we teach this to our kids? Can we teach them to be high achievers or something that generically, genetically we give them? Or it's something that some people have it or some people don't? Can you imagine the dinner conversations at the Gautian table? My kids are always saying, mom, enough with the professional development. But I know one day they're I, going to thank me, right? Because... I, I, I want to I want to be a fly on the wall there. <laughs> but there's always little things that I try and teach because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. We, we just, we don't, right? And who else has the opportunity to interview astronauts and Nobel Prize winners and Olympic champions and learn from them? Well, if I'm going to learn from them, I'm not keeping this information to myself. The whole point is to leave this earth better than I found it. 
And that's one of the things that Dr. Fauci taught me. He said, you have to do something important, oh, not I, just interesting. I love about that. It's about the legacy. And I'm so glad you brought it up because it's something that I work every day with my team, with my, my kids. It's just about what we're doing, not only for us, for others, for this world. Absolutely. And, it's, and I see a lot of people failing because they're only thinking about themselves. Nope. And that's why you have to do something important, not just interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So in your brief notes, of course, everyone needs to read the, the book, please, people. You want to be successful, you need to read this book. You want to learn what are the factors that make you successful. But give me the cliff notes. If you want to motivate someone to start and say, I can do this. What is the, the motivation that they need to go now and go pick, it, pick up your book? So the book is called The Success Factor, and it really gives you tools that you can implement immediately. People are sending me pictures from all over the world with the book written in the margins and tabbed out. And I love that because that means the book is working for them, which is fantastic. I absolutely love that. While you're waiting for the book to come in, if you want to figure out what is your intrinsic motivation, what it is that you are truly passionate about, which is different from what you're good at, you can just go head over to my website and take a passion audit, which is totally free. So go to ruthgotian.com slash passion audit, and you could do your own three column assessment and you'll, you'll see a big difference. Oh, I'm going to do that right now. We're hanging up and I get addicted to the things. And now I need to know. Thank you so much, Ruth, for sharing all this information with us. I, I'm a geek when it's about these things because I'm, I always feel like I'm not doing enough, that I can uh, be more, that I can be learning more. I don't have enough hours in the day. And so thank you for letting me geek out here. Thanks for letting me geek out. <laughs> And to you guys, thank you so much for having one more time coffee with me and I will see you next week. Find everything you need at larashmoisman.com or in the episode notes right below. Don't forget to subscribe. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.